Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie in the house. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Tech Rev. We familiarly and fondly call it Tech Rev. That's the voice in the intro of Ryan Treasure, the VP of, I call him VP of everything at Voice America and my co-producer on the show. Happy to be here. And I have a very interesting topic for you. I'm just going to say to my listeners around the world, my audience, is somebody bothering you with emails right now? Are you getting texts? Are you getting alerts that somebody wants to sell you something? Okay. Well, I have a quote from uh, a guru in the field. His name is David Meerman Scott. He's the author of The New Rules of Marketing and PR. Listen up. Web marketing, we're going to broadly include email. Now, web marketing is about delivering useful content at just the right moment that a buyer needs it. So if you think about it, if a company's trying to sell you something right now while you're listening to us on the radio and in the middle of a pandemic or hopefully on the far end getting out of a pandemic, is this the right moment to send you what they think is useful content? How do you want them to find you? Do you want them to pitch you? Do you want them to engage you? How do they earn your trust? How do they get you to shell out the shekels in your wallet, whether they're digital, whether they're Venmo, whether they're real cash, whether it's a check, a plastic, I don't know. Are you annoyed by them? Do you welcome it? Maybe you're lonely and you like all the advertisements. I don't know. Well, let's look at this from a bigger picture. Today's dynamic business and social landscapes are forcing sellers and marketers. And there's a big discussion in the corporate world, in the selling world, about should selling and marketing, sales and marketing, actually talk to each other and end their silos and do something together? Well, we certainly hope they do. They're trying to creatively figure out where you are. They want to know where you are. What social platforms are you on? What websites are you visiting? What kind of head lines do you want in your email? What kind of subject lines? Maybe they're even still pinging your phone if you happen to live near a mall that's open. I don't know if any still are right now. It's August 2020 and so many things are closed. And we're just going to say something brilliant, I hope here. As the world and society evolve, so does business evolve, we would hope. I have three people on the panel. Yes, I know we usually have four, but this is just a wonderful group of people who are in the trenches in modern marketing, we're going to call it. We have Lorraine Maurice at SAP. We have GL Hendricks. He didn't tell me whether he wants to be Gregory or GL, and we'll have to have that discussion in a minute. And Brian Moran at Brian Moran Associates. They're going to predict, that's what we do here on TechRev, we predict, predict the post-pandemic next normal for companies with something anything to sell to consumers like all of us, to you, to me, and to each other, because even if they own a company and they're selling something, they're a consumer too. So welcome to TechRev. Thrilled to be here. It is August 20-something, 26th. Personally, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. And as I say on my Monday night, I have another show called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I always give the countdown to the number of days till the end of the year. And I say, and I'm my panel are looking at me, we're on Zoom and they're saying, what's she going to say next? How many days to get something wonderful off of a digital, a virtual liquor store or a real shelf and put it away because we're going to all be celebrating when 2020 is over. So get it while it's still there. Welcome again, Lorraine Maurice 
Alicia Rupp, Lorraine, you and I go so far back in years. You have been the sponsor of so many of my SAP Game Changers series. And this is the first time we've seen each other almost yeah. in person. We met at Sapphire a couple of years we ago, did. briefly, very briefly. I was broadcasting. You said, hello, I'm Lorraine. And that was it. And you had to run. Uh, but this is the first time we've seen each other on Zoom. So, Lorraine, would you please do us the honor if there are three people in the world who don't know who you are yet? Maybe three, <laughs> three and a half. I'm not sure. But I Maybe know you're well known. Introduce yourself and tell us what is your what's your take on this topic? And the topic is modern marketers in the post-pandemic next normal. And I'm saying they'll find you. So Lorraine, please introduce yourself and give us a quick overview. Go ahead. So Bonnie, thank you and so thrilled to be here and thank you for having all of us. Um, I am Lorraine Maurice, as Bonnie mentioned, I am with SAP and I'm in our global marketing division and I primarily work with our channels, meaning our distribution of how we go to market, whether it's our partners or our application solution and software providers. I um, have been a modern marketer for a long time and uh, for many years. And being a modern marketer was really about transitioning to digital, to understanding inbound and to changing um, our marketing from purely traditional, i.e. email and in live events to being more, I would say, well-rounded and robust and having content where consumers wanted to find it versus us just sending. So your intro was interesting, Bonnie, because it really is about having content that can be found and relevant content and then supporting that versus um, bombarding somebody with lots of messaging. Because if you understand uh, the consumer's needs and wants, they'll find you um, if you have the content in the right places. Um, so, and two, two other really quick things. Um, you made a statement about sales and marketing, and I have this great stat that I just started using again, and that's that um, sales and marketing, if they work together, achieve faster three-year revenue growth at 24% and a profit growth at 27% of teams that are misaligned. So, by aligning, you have more than a 25% chance of positive growth both in revenue and profit. So um, I, I think both points of becoming more modern, um, adapting to the changes, as well as aligning are going to be critical in what you call the next normal, what we call the next normal. And Lorraine, between all of us, I call it the next abnormal because nothing is normal. <laughs> the new abnormal, I don't know. We're not going to see normal. But Lorraine, I have a quick question for sure. you. You probably, and, and GL, do you want to be called Gregory or GL? You got to tell me now. GL, but that's GL, okay. okay. Absolutely. G GL and, and Brian, uh, when you get, you probably like me, get at least, I'm thinking five to 10 a day of advertisements on email that have absolutely nothing to do with you, therefore some kind of implant, I'll just be genteel about that, or there's mm -hmm. some kind of gold, or there's some kind of solution of something you didn't know you needed a solution for. Do you habitually unsubscribe, or do you just delete them or just ignore them? Let me just quickly go around the table. Lorraine, how do you treat this unwanted quote-unquote content? So being a marketeer, I tend to look at it because one, there could be something I can learn from the marketing aspect. And then two, if they found me, it could be something I need. And I'm a huge researcher. Like I'm like our, our, our clients. And when you research, they find your name. And so based on the content, I do one of the three things that you said. I either delete, I file, or, or I um, unsubscribe. Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily, or, or respond, but... Um, 
because I'm in marketing, I always take a look. Interesting. And that leads us to GL. Gregory, I would like yes. you, before you answer that question, why don't you introduce yourself and then you can answer that. So Ab absolutely. Thanks for having me and oh, glad, delighted. To, glad to join. Um, I am GL Hendricks. I've been in marketing and public relations for 20 years. Um, I'm an avid learner, which has served me well, which I didn't know it was serving me well, where I always try to find the next new, which we're now calling the next normal and to see how consumers act and react and engage with the brands. I think something that I love about what I do right now is seeing what is, to your point, Bonnie and, and Lorraine, what you said, what's the next normal, the next abnormal? And I think we're seeing, you know, seismic shifts and accelerations and what we've been talking about doing brought about by the pandemic. Um, I think to answer your question more about what I do when I get these mm -hmm. marketers, and I only wish I got 10, I think I probably get anywhere between 75 to 100 yeah. um, a day. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but like Lorraine, I look at all of them. I look at all of them to see what I can learn. And unfortunately, what I've learned are a lot of brands and companies aren't doing it correctly. They've recycled messages pre-COVID. They've, you know, they're, they're, they're selling you something for free which is of no value that actually you end up having to subscribe and pay for. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting, the mix of which I get. Um, I think the algorithm from Facebook and Instagram and Amazon and everything else under the sun, it's fascinating to me, which we'll jump into when we talk about our, our predictions of seeing things that I've never thought about that I would want as a consumer, but also as a business professional. So I'm probably the odd one out where I like getting all of those messages so I can learn and see from them. Very interesting. Thank you. And welcome back. You and I haven't connected in several years. In a while. So I'm glad to be back. Happy to have you. I do have to say, Lorraine, you marshaled this group for me on 24 hours notice because I had a cancellation of a previously scheduled topic. And let's just give Lorraine a, a round of applause for doing this. Well-deserved, Lorraine. Actually, Bonnie, these are my go-to people. And so when you ask... We need something for our listeners to go to. I'm like, let's bring the go-to people into the room. So Thank you. And Lorraine, you were the first one I put into that urgent have cancellation. You were the first one on my email list. So you, you. are my go-to person. Oh, there's Thank so you. much love going around here. Brian <laughs> Moran, we would love to. Welcome back. It's been a long time since I've spoken to you as well. So Brian, why don't you talk to the 2.74 people around the world who don't know who you are. <laughs> Tell them what your relationship is to modern marketing and what do you do? with all that stuff. We used to call it spam. Some people have dirty words, but what do you do with all that? But first, tell us who you are, what you've been up to. Brian, welcome. Thanks, Bonnie, for having me. And thanks, Lorraine, for inviting me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of your go-to list. You know, 99.9% I, I, .9 of the time, I will say yes when Lorraine calls. So, mm -hmm. um, but uh, what do I do? I have spent my career, almost 30 years now, uh, covering the small to mid-sized business market, uh, mostly in publishing. Uh, I was at the Wall Street Journal and Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. I had my own uh, publishing company for about eight years. And, you know, one of the neat things about publishing is that um, you're always creating content in advance. So if it's August now, you know, monthly magazines are working on their October, November, December issues. So you're always trying to think about what's going to be relevant in the future. And so that I've always created my content along those lines. 
you know, looking at indicators now and what will they mean a month from now, two months from now, so that uh, we can get out in front of any trends or curves. Um, so that's uh, now uh, I left the Wall Street Journal in 2012 and I've been running Brian Moran and Associates for the last eight years. And we launched Small Business Edge about three years ago. And both companies, we do two things. We help entrepreneurs run better companies and we help marketers better target the SMB space. As far as email, I yeah. do not subscribe to Lorraine and GL's uh, <laughs> philosophy of looking at every single one. I somehow I wind up on every list and because I do a lot of research online, mm -hmm. yep. requires my email. And, um, you know, somebody gave me an interesting idea one time. They said, you know, change your email addresses to see where your name is being sold. Oh, wow. I remember back in the day when direct mail, and, and direct mail is making a nice little comeback, but when direct mail was big, somebody used to put, uh, they would put like Brian A. Moran, Brian B. Moran, and they would use all the letters in the alphabet wow. for their middle initial, and they would track where, their, where the direct mail was coming from. And I thought that was fantastic. And that, that's a great experiment. If you ever want to see where your name gets sold, um, use, you know, create separate email accounts and, and you know, follow it accordingly. But I, I, to GL's point, I, I probably get at least 100 emails a day that I don't remember asking for or signing up wow. for. And so what I do is I, I put almost all of them into an unsubscribe folder and I have my assistant go through it and unsubscribe me from 99% of them. You know, she, she knows well enough now, like, okay, maybe you'll be interested in this, but more times than not, I'll just have her unsubscribe. Interesting. And that brings up, I have a technical question for the three of you. First, Lorraine, then GL, and then Brian. When I unsubscribe, I'm always afraid that the act of unsubscribing, where sometimes your email address is not already in there, they ask you to put in the email. So you go back to the email you received from them and you look to see which one. Now, I had a Verizon.net email address for years when I lived in New York. I don't use that anymore. And I still get a lot of mail at that. So I know it's old and it's from they don't know who I am anymore. But the point is, I'm, I have this question that if I actively unsubscribe, will that, will they sell my unsubscription, that address I put into somebody else and get more, or will it actually unsubscribe? Lorraine, you're shaking your head. Am I well, safe? I, I, I'm going I'm to give you the legal answers. They're not allowed. Will they? I don't know. And, and the, the gentleman may know more, but you know, um, that, that, that's part of this whole process and legality of, of opting in and opting out is that they should not be allowed to do that. And by opting out, you should be taken off of any list that you're associated with, with that company. GL thoughts? Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of a mix. I think it's how long you've had your email address and when you subscribed, right? I think it's easier to unsubscribe to current ones like in the last two to three years. I think if you've used an email address for longer than that before to Lorraine's point, mm -hmm. the laws came into effect. It's kind of the wild, wild west. I mean, I still get stuff, mm -hmm. you know, I still get stuff from an old email address like you do, Bonnie that I haven't used in years since college, as a matter of fact. Oh. So, you know, it's, I think, I think it's kind of a mix. 
Interesting. And I, and I would like to hope and be optimistic that it's getting better. Okay, Brian, what are your thoughts about the act of unsubscribing? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's rolling the dice. You hope people are ethical. Some people aren't, some companies aren't, but I'll, I'll unsubscribe. And if they ask me for the email address, I'll put it in because the risk reward ratio is probably in your favor. Um, and, you know, again, what you're looking for in, in the end, what you're trying to do is better manage your time. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times it's like the, the emails that you get, just going through them and then having to clean them up is a very laborious task. Absolutely. Thank you, know, you all. Go ahead, Lorraine. I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say it is laborious, but one of the things I find is that um, the spam or the emails I get are 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 coming my way because of the research and learning that I'm doing online. Right. And, and so sometimes I find, and it's, and believe me, it's, it's more not than often a gem from that, but it's some keyword that's being picked up that, that that's causing that information. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, we'll get into pop-ups later, but I have some pet peeves about pop-ups <laughs> because Lorraine, I think, you know, if you ever look at anything on a fashion website, if you're thinking about buying anything, that pop-up of what you saw will be everywhere. Every time you go to anybody's <laughs> website, it yeah. will pop up. I'm, that's a whole other topic. And there's some pretty funny ones coming on my pop-ups these days, but that's another show. So let's go around the table. I, I feel like I'm sitting here talking. I'm not going to say old friends, good friends. I'm so happy to have the three of you here. And we're already in a very, very nice conversation. But let me go back to the format of the show. So I will tell all of you that part of the format, as Lorraine, you know, from my Game Changer series, is I ask my guests for a quote that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. And then I ask you to explain how you picked it or why you love it. And in your own words, what it does have to do. So Lorraine has sent us a quote from John Lennon. I don't know if there's anybody who doesn't know who he is, but I'm going to read just a little bit of a bio, just one long sentence here, and that will be enough. His full name was John Winston Lennon, born in 1940, unfortunately left us in 1980 at the hands of a, of a, hmm, he was killed. He was assassinated. His name currently, or the way he goes by was, last name was John Winston Ono Lennon MBE. English singer, songwriter, actor, peace activist who gained worldwide fame as the founder, co-lead vocalist, and rhythm guitarist of the Beatles. There's nothing more to be said. So here's the quote Lorraine has selected from the many, many quotable moments and lyrics of John Lennon. Reality leaves a lot to the imagination. Wow. Lorraine, what does this have to do with our topic? I love the quote. Words to live by. Hello. Go ahead, Lorraine. Well, I... You know, they say that, you know, perception is reality. You know, there's all these statements, but it really is um, the evolution of change and being able to adopt to change. And that does become reality. So that's really what it meant for me is the ability to to be adaptable and fluid and just, um, you know, understand where I am in the world. But more importantly, understand where my customers are in the world and what I need to do to be there Um, and to just be kind of, like I said, adaptable. I like the idea of perception because we all know if you have five people seeing an accident of any kind or something happen, you know, you're going to get different stories, right? Yeah. Well, and, and Bonnie, that's, that was, that's key in this pandemic as well is that, you know, the perception, especially in the beginning was like, stop, halt, no, you know, no, no, no more. And that was exactly opposite of what we all needed to do. And so we, we needed to change perception. 
And that's the other other reason for the quote is being able to change it. Yep. And that's what we're still trying to do. There we go. The abnormal, the new normal, the will there ever be a normal? Will there ever be something we want to call a new normal? I'm not sure, but we'll see. GL has sent us a quote from Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, the second born August 4th, 1961. So he just had a birthday, American politician and attorney. He was the 44th president of the U.S. and the first African-American president of the U.S. He was a senator from Illinois and an Illinois U.S. senator and a state senator. And here is the quote, another short one, but very pithy. The future rewards those who press on. What's the context for modern marketers? GL, go ahead. Well, you know, I, I kind of struggled with, you know, quote to speak to this topic and where we're at as marketers and businessmen and women, because no one knows what the future is, right? And I think it's something I know, Lorraine, you and I talked about is, is it the new normal? Is it the next normal? Like, what is normal? And I think the genesis that I've helped really get to is you have to press on. You have to keep going. We're going to make mistakes, right? And, and we had talked about this earlier. You know, when you get an email, what's the right tone, mm-hmm. right? What's the right, what's the right length? What are you selling? How are you engaging? And I think we as marketers and business people must, you know, press on. It's easy to say, let's walk into the future. It's hard to look and see what that future is. So rather than getting paralyzed or getting stuck or having a fear-based mentality, let's press on. Let's try and see what our consumers want. Let's try to see what our customers want. Let's see what's good, not just for us, but for our peers, our friends, our colleagues, our employees that actually do good and actually help people kind of because, you know, we can all discuss the myriad of emails and ads we got around the pandemic, you know, and, and, and what you're supposed to be doing. But we, we remember those that resonated with us and helped us just simply get out of bed some days and actually go to work. Right. And I think the empathy and the sympathy and the compassion, but also the value that companies are bringing in their marketing and sales is crucial. So I liked the brevity of this, of just pressing on and just getting up and trying and continue to move forward. Thank you. And I like that optimism a lot. And it's making (laughs) me think that here we are, Lorraine, I, I could kick myself because two, three years ago, we could have been doing radio on Zoom and I started doing radio on Zoom at the beginning, right around the time of the pandemic, I think January, maybe just before. And I never felt confident in the platform to be able to, we're broadcasting live on Voice America Business Channel and Aaron, our engineer is here, bringing the audio out and recording it for us. And that's wonderful. But it never dawned on me. And and I'm harking back, we were talking about email and spam emails and marketing emails we do and don't want and research. But if you all remember, not that long ago, people were saying email was killing personal interactions because nobody was talking to each other anymore. And how do you put context? How do you put emotions and then we invented emoticons and then we had all kinds of little doodads you do with the keystrokes on your keyboard and were they angry or were they happy and then we had we had bitmojis and chatmojis and I use bitmojis all the time and we had our avatar so we tried to, to personalize digital communications whether it was in marketing or whether it was just interpersonal and now here we have video conferencing And we're talking to people who we've known for years and we have almost come full circle. So Brian, I'm going to read your quote, but then I want to go around the table and see what all three of you think about, just save the answer for then, what you think about using video. Lorraine, many times we've talked about, look, Ma, I'm on video. How do you make a marketing video with a little 
mobile phone, an iPhone or whatever Android you're using, and how do you make it effective in, instead of just an email message, for example, for marketing. But the idea that will companies that use conferencing or webinars or, or video chats be more successful because of the personal interaction. Brian Moran, I'm getting to your quote now, and this was a lovely quote. It was spoken by Robin Williams, who played the character of English teacher John Keating in the 1989 film Dead Poets Society. And in case we have very young listeners around the world who never heard of it, go find it, stream it, get it, buy it, do something. <laughs> Dead Poets Society was an American teen drama starring Robin Williams, the late, great, late too soon, in my opinion, set in 1959 at the fictional elite conservative Vermont boarding school known as Welton Academy. It tells the story of an English teacher who inspires his students through unorthodox teaching of poetry. It has a sad ending, but very, very interesting. And the Dead Poets Society was an unsanctioned way of learning about poetry and writing it as well. They met in a cave. Let's leave that one on the table or the floor. Here's the quote Brian has selected. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Brian, beautiful quote. What are we talking about here? Well, in regards to the pandemic and modern marketers and the next normal, um, you know, savvy marketers have realized that consumers have been knocked out of their comfort zones. You know, we, we're not doing the things that we do every single day. We don't get up, get dressed, you know, take mass transportation or our cars to our office and go out to lunch with people and, and, and any of that, right? Everything that we have known has been turned upside down. And so there are two ways of looking at this. Okay, let's hunker down until this is over and then we can go back to the way we've done things or this is an opportunity for us to introduce new ideas, new concepts, new ways of thinking to the world. And, you know, it's, it can almost be like a cleansing, you know. And, and mm -hmm. so uh, consumers are listening right now, probably more than they have in the last 30 years. And so, you know, to GL's point earlier and, and Lorraine's, is that don't just mail it in. Don't mail in your marketing. Don't mail in your, your email campaigns and your connections with your customers. This opportunity, I mean, I hope it doesn't come around again for a long, long time where we've all, the whole world has collectively been knocked out of its comfort zone. But this is, this is once in a generation opportunity where you can really strengthen the relationship with everybody in your ecosystem. So choose your words and your ideas carefully and make sure that they matter and that it shows that you're listening to your customers. Very interesting. Thank you. That was very serious, Brian Moran. Wow. Very. <laughs> From a not very, serious guy. <laughs> I, I know. I didn't want to say that. That wow. was very heavy, but very wow. appropriate. I think we're doing life lessons as much as marketing, <laughs> uh, marketing insiders insights here. So what's your thought about video conferencing for marketing, Lorraine, other than just a video? I'm sending you a video instead of a text reply. Uh, do you think that more marketers should be inviting people on calls where they, you know, we used to do focus groups remember those uh and now you could just invite a bunch of people to come let's talk about something new in the world of i don't know plastic fish for your kids bathtub i'm making this up lorraine what do you think is video conferencing should that be part of modern marketing or is it too one-on-one-ish what do you think 
Uh, so first of all, you notice I didn't give how many years I was in business to try to stay away from that. But yes, yeah, I remember uh, the focus groups well. Um, so I think video is key. Like everything in life, it's a, it's a balance and you don't want to overwhelm anybody. However, um, as our kind of consumer group grows and the millennials and then what is it that Gen X, well, who's the next? Gen group? Y. Gen, Gen y, y, thank you. They You're all welcome. are come up. They do nothing but video. Yeah, and yeah. so it's critical that we understand how to use video as marketers, um, when to use it, but really even from this live face-to-face, -face, when to pull that in as well. And I think, it, again, it has to have a balance. One of the, the, the bit of the research that's happening now is the new stress is the fact that, you know, when you're working from home like we all are in remote, you don't have to be camera ready or or ready but now with video you have to be ready all the time and um so i think that's where the balance and you need to also give the person you're going to speak with um a heads up that you're going to be on video so that they're not caught uncomfortable i always joke there's never a time that i call brian moran that he's not in a suit jacket and and and, and on video and i go well, i just booked out brian i'm not coming on you know because i've got my <laughs> so so truly just to summarize video is it you have to be part of it. You have to figure out where it fits um, and you have mm -hmm. to use it, um, use it wisely um, to get your message across properly. And again, it has to bring value. So at the end of the day, it's the same strategy behind a tactic. It has to bring value to the person that you want to receive it. Thank you, Lorraine. Very interesting. No, we're not giving any years of experience here, but okay. we all know there are, there are four grown-ups in the room. I'm yes, gonna, there are. Uh, Brian, will you admit to being a grown-up in the room? Uh, am I? I? I would hope that I am. Okay. All right. Good. Oh, he, he plays well in the sandbox. Gio, what is your thought about videos and video conferencing in modern marketing? Thoughts? You know what? I, I, I agree with everything Lorraine said. I think it's a necessity. I think it's something we're all learning how to do correctly. I think I would, the only thing I would add is from a marketing standpoint for all of our sales and marketing teams is learn how to be creative, learn how to be authentic and show your personality, right? Because the email pre-COVID was what everyone rolled their eyes about. And mm -hmm. now it's a video message, right? Because mm -hmm. we get so many of them, but the ones we gravitate to, to what Lorraine said, add value or educational, but are fun. You know, mm -hmm. I think the one positive video conferencing and videos Dude, we all have a cell phone. We can all take a video. We can post it on our social channels. But very rarely do you see companies showing their personality without being overly produced and just being fun. And if there's one thing I've heard from Lorraine and her team and, you know, the rest of my peers and colleagues is they want a little brevity. They want a little humor in mm -hmm. what they're doing. And they respond very well to brands who give that. So I, like, I think it's, it's got a very necessary and needed place when done correctly. Mm -hmm. Very well put. Thank you. Brian Moran, what do you think? I agree with everything that uh, <laughs> said. It's that easy. But, but I will say this, everything in moderation, you know, the evolution of change, I think that Lorraine or you talked about earlier, you know, we've gone from the written word to the digital word, to audio, to video, and in terms mm -hmm. of communications. But, in, you know, again, to GL's point, if you stink at it and you deliver bad content in a bad format, it's yeah. going to re reflect poorly on your brand. But here's an idea. How about trying things that a lot of people aren't doing? Everybody's gravitating towards video. Mm -hmm. You know what I would do? I'd write handwritten notes to people. Yep. 
I would I would use direct mail, and I yep. would I, I would customize it, and I would I would send little gifts to people, like to my customers, just to let you know that I'm thinking about you. I appreciate your business, and I love working with you. And all of this craziness. I mean, think about that. You took the time to write me a handwritten note to say thank you for um, for working with me this year. And, and you know, it, it, it speaks volumes. So, um, you know, the more videos we get, you know, that's I call that like the front door. Everybody's walking in the front door. How about going in the side window or upstairs or something through some different channel to reach people where it's not crowded? Very, very well put. I had a, yep. an experience inviting a very famous female early rock and roll DJ named Dana Steele. And if anybody remembers way back in the day, I think she was based in Texas, one of the first women rock and roll radio DJs. And I somehow was introduced to her and she was on one of my early personal interview radio shows before I started doing business radio. And we had a fantastic time talking together. It was such a pleasure to talk to uh, Glitterati, if you will, an icon in her field. <clears throat> and she took the time to send me a handwritten thank you note. I have, I, it's here somewhere when I moved. I think it's in, in my, my box of things to save. And I used to have radio guests who would actually send me a beautiful card afterwards when I was doing my, I still do author interviews and they would send me a card. Some of them even sent a box of candy and that was even nicer, but they would, <laughs> they would send a beautiful handwritten card. And often I couldn't even decipher their handwriting, but the gesture was there and it was signed by them. And it was just really, really nice. So I agree back to the personal touch. So hey, Bonnie, I, I even learned something. I've taken yeah. away some notes from you and GL and, and, and Brian. It, it's, it's truly, um, every, every day is a new thought. Every day you have to pivot. Every yeah. day you have to change the narratives in order to, to stay, stay current. Absolutely. I'll tell you all a little story here in my community. We have a, I was telling Brian before the show with the, the pandemic, they closed our clubhouse, which is about a 35,000 feet, absolutely magnificent building with a, a indoor pool. And we have three conference rooms that connect and we do band concerts there. I'm in a couple of bands and uh, they have a dance studio and they have a, a, a pottery studio and they have meeting rooms and card, card playing rooms and a fully full gym and it's closed and a lot of the musicians here figure what can we do first of all we want to stay practicing and second of all we want to perform so we invented I, I don't think it's unique to us but we invented it here in this area Friday afternoon driveway concerts I love it and you get two yeah. or three guitar players playing in a driveway and you get a keyboard I'm a drummer so I don't exactly not exactly portable but I started doing my I have a new band called Red's Hot Mango and it's Latin Latin dance rhythms and I have a wonderful retired MD friend who has a phenomenal voice and sings in first language with Spanish and uh, we play and we did a concert here in the in the garage it was only 110 degrees in the garage and about 92 outside <laughs> 60 people came up and down the street with their they walked they took cars they brought golf carts everybody loves a golf cart here and 60 people and i've been told you could hear the music for blocks away and we put in a one-hour concert and everybody they were dancing they were singing they were clapping they were meeting so pivot lorraine you're absolutely right we have to reinvent everything well, and your example goes back to gl what he <laughs> the statement he made about having some fun 
because even using a snippet of that in a communication to somebody about, hey, join me online and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll dance together. I mean, there's so many ways to make a point. And so um, it, it's, that was a perfect example of doing something out of the box that's now in the box. You're very, very kind. Let's go to our predictions. I am so enjoying this conversation with the three of you. It's just like friends sitting down and just talking about anything and everything. But we're going to go back to the predictions. Lorraine, I'm going to pick your prediction number two. Here's what's going to happen. I'll tell you which prediction. I'll read a little. Lorraine wrote a lot. GL wrote a medium. And Brian was very terse and to the point. So I'll read a little bit from one of Lorraine's. And Lorraine, take about two minutes. Expand a little bit. Then I'll pick one from GL and one from Brian. And we'll keep going. If you want to say anything in commentary about each other, either make notes or wildly raise your hand here on Zoom and I will call you. See what video does. We could see the reactions. Lorraine on years on phone, phone radio. I had to listen for that two or three second pause. I wonder if the person was just taking a breath, if there was a period at the end of the last sentence or if they were done. And I don't think I stepped on anybody's toes very often in, in 10 years of, of phone and radio. So, but it, you have to figure, it's an art and a science to know when people stop talking if you cannot see them. Now you're all here, so. Okay, so Lorraine, prediction number two, customer experience should be the number one focus for small and mid-sized companies. Customers are craving better, more engaging customer experiences. Lorraine, take two minutes, tell us what this means, and then GL, I'll pick one from you. Go ahead, Lorraine. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, um, it is critical to keep a customer and, and have a delighted customer. So the experience that they have from their first interaction with you, which could be the video or the email or the direct mail, carries through to their kind of adoption and consumption of, of the, the service or product they've bought from you. And so it's really important not to just have that first sale and be done. It's critical that they have a, a relationship with you and that the relationship carries through. I mean, the old adage is the new adage, and that's that, um, you know, a, a repeat customer is much less expensive to find than a new customer. So to having an experience that delights your customer, that gives a, a re reference, a referral, a word of mouth is a, a perfect relationship for continued business opportunities. So think about the experience of, of, that your customer has with you. Think about the connection points and, and ensure that you have the right whether it's messaging or connection or, or opportunity to speak with them during that cycle. Thank you, Lorraine. I'm looking at GL Hendricks, your prediction number one. You say there is no longer any digital disruption for brands, only digital engagements. Companies and brands have to make smart, modern digital engagement opportunities the center of their marketing and sales strategies. GL, you're up. Talk to me. Yeah, I think that kind of goes along with the conversation we've been having, to your point earlier, how, many, how much email we get, how mm -hmm. much video we get. You know, that was the buzzword, digital disruption with social selling and video and everything a few years ago. And look at what has happened to the consumer buying cycle within just a matter of five months. Everyone goes online. Everyone researches. Everyone expects to be sold and have that pop-up ad that you mentioned that so many of us find annoying. Right. But it is something that is now the center and should be the center, whether you're selling retail, whether you're selling a cloud based service, whatever you're selling, digital engagement is key because it builds off what Lorraine was saying is, you know, the customer life cycle is no longer you come in, you have your first sale, you repeat, you subscribe and you and you go on. It is a it is a cyclical cycle now. 
where every purchase is under the microscope. Every decision that a brand makes is under the microscope. What do we do that we're not commuting two hours a day to and from work? We're online and we're researching and we're finding what we want and what our customers need and to engage through digital, right? The video through email, through text, through mobile marketing, whatever that looks like it is critical, right? And, and, you know, there's 5G is coming and it's going to be help everyone get on quicker and engage better and faster. So we need to be prepared to continue to be, get digitally focused and learn, right? I mean, it is, I, I will not tell my age, but I'm definitely not a Gen Y, right? I'm definitely not. <laughs> and they love it. They, everything they do, all of us who have children, all of us who have nieces and nephews, we know that they're on their phone. And the way that they interact is a lot different than the way I interact and we all interact. What scares me is there's 62 million Gen Yers that are going to be in the workforce in the U.S. alone by the end of 2020, that we as marketers have to evolve and speak to them as much as we're speaking to 55 plus. Interesting. I'm worried that we're running out of letters for generations. We have Gen <laughs> X, we have Gen Y, we have the Gen Zers. What do we do? We go back to A, yeah. Gen A, do we pick Gen <laughs> R, Gen S, Gen T? Whoever started with Gen X and Gen Y, didn't they think about that, that we're going to still have more and more people? Your, your point was really well, very well taken, GL. Thank you very much. Uh, and you, you mentioned children and nieces and nephews. You didn't mention grandchildren, and I'm going to oh, add that in. Grandchildren. But I started when I was 12, so it's okay for me to say that. No comments. Brian Moran, prediction number one, digital, this a real prediction, digital transformation and remote working will continue its accelerated pace into 2021. Mr. Moran, talk to me. Well, the first prediction is actually that I'm going to see you in concert at some point in 2020. <laughs> I want to see you play the drums. That, that, was, that was a shock right there, right? There's a whole Bonnie D. Graham that we obviously don't know. So uh, Lorraine, GL, and I have all been uh, uh, texting each other, trying to figure out when your next concert is so that we can come see you. I That's my send, first prediction. Okay, I will send you links to my to some Vimeos. I will do that all after right, the show right. of my performances. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, well, it, it, it's kind of a no-brainer. The, the the we again when we got kicked out of our comfort zones, we were forced to address our weaknesses and our um, uh, the things that we needed to do to stay current. And this digital transformation. Uh, has has really gone from the back burner to the front burner and i've heard so many clients say we need to get up to speed on what this whole digital transformation means because the the element of uh, events and in-person meetings got taken off the board yep. and so uh, you know, very quickly, brands had to scramble it, that hadn't been paying attention to digital marketing and social media and video. Now they're scrambling, trying to put strategies together. And they're, as they're playing catch up, and as the pandemic continues, not knowing when the real end is going to be in sight, I'm guessing probably next summer, I think that you can fully expect that this idea of embracing staying connected in a digital way is going to be paramount to a brand's success. Thank you, Brian. Yes, you will get get some links from me to some band practices. And 
one of my joys in the beginning was going to uh gl are you you down here in the south lorraine you're in atlanta right both of us oh both atlanta i'm in durham and brian where are you today i'm i'm in new jersey Okay, we'll forgive you. So I was, <laughs> I, I was in great, I was in Great Neck for thirty-two years. So I, I could have waved across the bridge at you. Uh, but one, of, one of my pleasures was going to local taverns to open mic nights and bringing my drumsticks and signing up. And then they would say, "Come on up," and you get to bring three songs, pick three songs. It has to be what everybody else can play. But I was playing with superb guitar players and bass players, and we'd invite singers to come up from the audience. And uh, one night I did my three songs. One was Mustang Sally and one was uh, Miss You, B.B. Uh, King. And one was, no, that, I'm sorry, Rolling Stone. Da, 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 yes. And I think one was, uh, uh, I, I don't remember, uh, Keep Your Hands to Yourself, the Georgia Satellites. Really, mm -hmm. really cool stuff. Yeah. And they were having such a good time that the musicians ended up playing almost 28 minutes for my three songs. They didn't want to stop. And people in the audience were saying, we got to send up a relief drummer. She's going to die up there. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. And I had come in with black tights and red boots with high heels. And I got jewelry and I got a sparkly. Everybody's in jeans, of course. And, and you know, jeans and shorts and T-shirts. And I come like formal wear, Lorraine. You can understand that, I think. You know me. <laughs> and I say, oh, my God. I couldn't even walk when I got up off that stool. But we, I miss I miss that. I miss that ability to just go. And they're doing it again in the taverns here. They are doing outdoors and indoors. And I can't trust that people are wearing masks enough for my safety. So I'm not going. And that's what I miss. But I will send you some, some videos. So Lorraine, number one, let's go to number one prediction. Lorraine says, customer lifestyle, man, lifestyle life cycle management, there's that cycle word, customer life cycle management and loyalty relationships will only increase in criticality. Lorraine, give me your prediction, please. What does this mean? Yeah. Um, the people that you're doing business with today will be the people you're doing business tomorrow with tomorrow if, if they trust you and if they have a positive experience. So it goes back to um, ensuring that you're taking care of those that have taken care of you, keeping um, a relationship and keeping your content and your messaging relevant um, as we see the changes in the world. It, it just, um, and really somebody brought it up again, it, it is about how the the content gets related. So is it on a mobile device? Is it on an app? Is it in a new in an email? You have to be able to transition um, to the way information wants to be received. And then you have to be um, create a sense of uh, happiness and uh, have a delighted customer to succeed. Very much. Good prediction. Let's go to one from GL. Number two, you say artificial, we're going to get into technology, part of the title of this series. Artificial intelligence and machine learning are the keys for continued growth of all companies, B2B and B2C. And you even talk about predictive learning based on customer data. Yeah. GL, take two minutes. What does this all mean to us? Yeah, look, I think AI and, and machine learning scares a lot of people. Right, because we've all been programmed that robots are going to take our jobs, which is not the case at all. Right, AI and machine learning are going to help us do our jobs better when you couple because the amount of data and analytics that they can bring to us as marketers, where we truly get to understand and know not only our consumers, but their habits and their needs, allow us to personalize the message and personalize our communication and personalize our engagement. But what I find most exciting about this, as we as a society are growing and evolving and personalizing across demographics, we talked about, you know, recently the age 
you know, swath where everyone from, you know, 65 plus down to 21 are entering the workforce. And those are very varied messages and very varied ways we have to engage. What I love about AI and, and machine learning is it teaches us and enhances our human intelligence and our human capability to be creative, but more importantly, to be predictive and understand what we're going to need. You know, I sometimes get annoyed, I think as we all do, when you log on to Amazon and it tells you the five things you need to buy because mm. it's something you search for when you were had some random thought at two o'clock in the morning and couldn't sleep. And you're like, no, I don't want that. It was, you know. <laughs> um, but what predictive learning does from for all of us is it helps us know our customers better. And it helps us to predict their needs and address them through smart marketing solutions and engagement before they know they need it. And that's why I love AI and you know machine learning for really going to be a game changer for us. Interesting, and this might explain why we, Brian, one second, I'm gonna get to you. This might explain why we get so many pop-up ads that some some algorithm said that we really wanted to sure. see, right? Right, GL? Some yeah. kind of predictive mm -hmm. said, oh, we know Lorraine wanted to see this uh, because she looked at something similar 20 minutes ago or right. two months ago, right? Brian, talk to me, what's up? Well, and to GL's, uh, to kind of continue on that path about predictive analytics, I remember I wrote a blog post probably two or three years ago, how predictive analytics is a lot like horse racing, right? You have 10 horses in a race and you could have 10 expert handicappers and they'll all, they'll all give different algorithms to uh, trying to pick the best horse. Is it the jockey? How much, you know, do you give to the breeding or past performances? So there are a lot of, of, of different points that you need to make when you talk about machine learning. And then you have to run the race. So the key to this is, you know, unlike horse racing, when you put your bet down, you run the race and you either win or you lose, um, you know, you can make changes in real time. And that's the thing that a lot of businesses don't understand, Great right? Point. So that if all of a sudden, you know, something shifts during the race, you know, you put all your money and you say, okay, I'm going to have this program in the fall. And then all of a sudden, there's like a polar vortex and it shuts down your business and you've invested all of this money. So it's important as we look at AI and machine learning that we add the human element to that, yep. that you never take your finger off the indicators that are going to tell you which direction yep. you're going. Thank you, Brian. Good. And a lot of, lot of synchronicity. Everybody's nodding. I wish my listeners could all see this. It would be so much fun. We're hoping that the radio station will add a video platform in 2021. We're crossing our fingers. Brian, I want to quickly go. We've got five minutes left to the show, but I want to honor you with prediction number three. You say 5G. We mentioned it before, but let's just take about 90 seconds to elaborate 5G will become the biggest breakthrough by the end of 2021, fundamentally changing the way we do business. Brian Moran, 90 seconds, how? Well, again, because of the pandemic, it's allowed um, the developers of 5G to implement it a lot faster than, mm -hmm. than we, than we um, would have otherwise, just simply because there are a lot less people on the roads. There are a lot less people in, in, on the streets and whatnot. And so I'm hearing that the, the rollout is, is happening a lot faster. 5G, for those of listeners who don't understand fully what this means, is somebody said if it takes you two hours to download a, a two-hour movie onto your phone 
with 5G, it'll take 10 to 20 seconds. Mm. Like it, it, is, it is anywhere from 10 times to 1,000 times faster than the speed that we have right now. So when you think about that, it's going to give us access to everything. And I'll liken it to, the, to this age group, the difference between <laughs> dial-up and broadband. <laughs> All right? The dip, we all know the 14.4 and the 28.8. You would live in large if you had 28.8, right? Absolutely. Right. But the difference between dial-up and broadband is going to be the difference between uh, 4G and 5G. It is going to be an absolute world-changing piece of technology, and businesses need to prepare for that. Thank you very much. And everybody needs to prepare for that. Quick uh, TV recommendation to all of you. I started a few weeks ago watching an AMC series that is now on Netflix streaming. It's called Halt and Catch Fire, which is a computer term. And it is about fictitious company called Cardiff Electric, where a bunch of genius programmers, coders, visionaries start to create one of the first portable PCs that, that's competing with the giants who were already in the space, but on a, on a, uh, what, and then they have the early gamers and it takes you through the business ups and downs. It's a fascinating series. If you want to remember the eighties and the early nineties and the fortunes of these people who all seem to find themselves coming back together at different stages. And now they're debating open source. They heard Tim Berners-Lee sharing open source code for the internet and the early HTTP and the early HTML. And it just brings back it. It's wonderfully acted, but it's halt and catch fire. It's a very compelling story. I think it's four seasons and I'm in season three now. So there's a quick, if you want to remember the good old days before we even knew we were in the good old days. Lorraine Maurice and <laughs> Allison Tomoff brought me this wonderful panel. Lorraine, you are my go-to. And Thank you. literally I sent it to about 10 people, urgent, need a topic. And you were the first one on the list. And you were the first one who said, I'm there. That was it. I'm there. It was not, oh my goodness, am I busy? And I'm there, Lorraine said. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I've got an input from GL and one from Brian. And I can't thank the three of you enough. This is been a, a pure delight for me to have a conversation with three wonderful people who are in the trenches in life. And in our next challenge for predictability is what letters will we use for the next demographic <laughs> cohorts when we run out of X, Y, Z. And nobody mentioned millennials. And you know, they're in their mid thirties. They've got money. They've got families. They got cars. They got companies. We're not, oh, those young millennials, what are they going to do to our world? They're already doing it. They're already there. Youngin'. So I want everybody to wave goodbye again. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire. He's, he says he's in his 20s, but I think he's really a 50-year-old man because he's really <laughs> smart and cool. So Aaron, hats off to you and shout out to Ryan Treasure, co-producer at Voice America Radio. And I'm just going to say thank you all for tuning. I caught you. He says I caught him. Thank you all. 54. Aaron's 54 today. Thank uh, you for tuning into Technology Revolution, the future of now. Remember, if somebody says the future was already here, Mm -mm. That was yesterday's future. We're all making today's future right now. Have a good one. Be safe, be smart, be savvy. And if appropriate, wear your damn mask. Everybody wave. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.